So good morning. Uh, this is Dave Vellante of Wikibon. Welcome to the March 18, 2008 Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting. Uh, the topic for today is maximizing your return on uh, NetApp infrastructure investments. So last week, as many of you know, NetApp held its annual industry analyst and investor conference. So at that conference, uh, which we will use as the mainspring for this call, uh, NetApp executives and customers uh, presented. Wikibon had four of its analysts at the conference, including uh, myself, Fred Moore, David Floyer, and Nick Allen. Uh, I, I know uh, Janet Waxman, I also believe, is on the call. She was there uh, representing IDC, and there are some other folks from IDC in the call. It's our pleasure today to have Nick Allen leading the call. Uh, many of you know Nick as one of the industry's most respected analysts and, and founder of the Todd Point Group and Gartner's lead storage analyst for more than a decade. Uh, the format of the Wikibon Peer Insight meeting, for those of you who don't know, is I will be the moderator today and Nick will present his overview and provide the analysis of, of the NetApp event. Uh, this is an open forum where anyone is welcome to participate and ask questions and have a voice. And at the end of it all, well, I'll do a brief summary, which will be posted on wikibon.org within a couple of hours, and then we will follow that summary up within 24 hours with additional analyses focused on the user implications. Uh, this meeting is lasting one hour and is being recorded. So with that, I'd like to turn the meeting over to Nick Allen. Nick, could you start by talking a little bit about what you'd like to cover today and your impressions of the NetApp Analyst event? Okay, um, first I'd like to mention is this session we decided that we wanted to kind of spend it as an overview of the event and what we thought of changes within that app. In our um, pre-meeting discussion, we decided that some of the technical features that NetApp has, we really could use a two or three hour technical briefing and it wasn't an appropriate forum at the conference. So we will have a follow-up uh, discussing steps of NetApp's claims and technologies. But, but to start off, um, it was a very good event, very well organized, very well attended, and with lots and lots and lots of new news, of course, is NetApp has changed its name. longer network appliance, it has dropped the appliance. New name is now NetApp, its stock symbol has not changed. Dropped the appliance because um, unfortunately, a lot of people, despite the fact that uh, had evolved from an appliance company to a top player, a lot of people still perceive it as an appliance factor. Probably a good thing to drop that, and now we've got the, the new NetApp, new brand, a new logo. Secondly, this was... Excuse me, Nick, I'm sorry. Um, you're cutting out a little bit, so if you just be careful to talk into your mic. I'd... How's that? Sounds good. Okay. Um, so we have a new name, a, a new logo, and uh, a trust. What's really behind this is that I uh, posted on Wikibon, uh, one of the charts that they used, NetApp identified what they call the Storage 5000 as their total available market in terms of customers. And they've done a lot of market survey work and discovered that of that 5,000, they have not, they have no presence and very little awareness. About 3,600 of those. Um, 
and even within their existing customers, uh, some of them, about nine percent, they have a they have a decent they decent market share or over thirty percent of the share of the wallet, as they call it. But in seventeen percent of their existing customers, relatively low penetration, about five percent of they got to grow. So this chart is posted, correct, Nick, on the piece that you put up on Wikibon. That's right. Uh, the first one under storage professional alerts, the, the new NetApp, NetApp, uh, NetApp is dead long with NetApp. And in there, you'll see a thumbnail picture of the pie chart of the storage 5000. Is that correct? Correct. So it's decided it's got to increase the penetration with that, and it has a grand plan for doing that. First one was the rebranding of the company. Um, secondly, a, brand, a big brand awareness campaign that includes major advertising and marketing campaigns. Uh, but most importantly, it tends to, tends to put a thousand new quota carrying street. That's a lot. Um, and in fact, that I've candid, candidly pointed out that this efforts or these efforts combined will probably cost about two points of gross margin uh, in increased SG&A expenses. But they also anticipate that these offset in less than a resulting increase in revenue. So Nick, you cut out again a little bit there. So you said they're going to increase quarter carrying sales headcount by how much? Thousand. One thousand. Thousand. Thousand new feet. Right, which uh, NetApp refused to uh, publicly estimate how much, how many sales reps they have. Uh, is any, 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 anybody have an estimate of how big that is? I've heard it is, 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 could would would bring that number up to three thousand. So that would be an increase of a third. Does that sound right to you, or do you have any visibility on that? I've heard it too. Anybody else got a number? Well, for now, three thousand is the best that we think we have here. So, okay, so you know that's a that's effectively a fifty percent increase, right? Right. Um, and you know, provided they are successful, then expect that gross margin to return to historical levels. They also are going to increase indirect distribution, expanded channels. One by transferring a lot of the intellectual property and that knowledge about server virtualization, but also the clever balancing of margins. NetApp professional services margins will be essentially less than their partners' margins. Therefore, sending partners to go after it rather than have NetApp's professional services go after it. Okay, so, so just to clarify, so you said it's going to add two points. It's going to add two points to OPEX. Is that correct? So it's going from 45% to a forecast 47%, or right. did I misunderstand that? Um, OPEX, SG&A, same thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and then the point about the channel is aggressively uh, 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 pursue the channel and do some knowledge transfer there as well? knowledge transfer to recruit more more partners and also incent those partners financially 
both from a professional services standpoint as well as obviously a product cost. Nick, I'm just curious. You said a thousand new direct sales on on the street or indirect partners? Uh, my understanding is that this is direct. Although yep, maybe some of them some of them might be dedicated to channel development. So both, what, how are they going to how are they going to avoid the channel conflict then when they add a thousand new direct sales and they're trying to beef up the channel at the same time? What's your take on that? Uh, I believe they're they're doubly compensated. Okay. So, so NetApp is perfectly happy to fulfill somebody else's sale and vice versa. So I know um, I think no Janet. Waxman's on the call, and I think, Janet, one of your other colleagues uh, from IDC, you guys do this uh, quarterly channel panel. Right. Um, right, which I'd be interested in talking about. But And I want to talk about the channel in some depth, but do you have any additional perspective on that, 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 that channel conflict that you could add? I, I don't necessarily, this is Janet, I think that the um, direct sales that they're planning to add, I think that... Um, NetApp has been changing the way its its its, its, its field organization is set up. They are largely 100% channel neutral. They don't they try not to compete with the channel. One of the reasons that they're adding direct sales is because direct sales is important to the end user customer and actually can be um, when it works the the channel actually appreciates when the direct sales is out there promoting the brand. So I don't necessarily think it's going to increase the channel conflict with them. And largely, as Nick points out, because they're going to double book the uh, the credit, right? Well, double book the credit, but also I think that there's um, some. I mean, the the channel panel has shown that the net app partners actually retain a really good margin consistently. So, with the net app partners, um, their business is being built on this this predictable, not predictable, but this higher margin. I think that net app would it would be foolish of them to try to take that margin away from the partners because, as we know, the partners have choices. Um, NetApp is not in some parallel universe with the only technology on, on the planet. So they would be well served to keep doing what they're doing. And with a regard good to keeping the channel happy. But the NetApp doesn't have a huge channel um, relative to some of the other competitors. They have a relatively small channel. Right. Which and allows for less channel to channel competition too. And a lot of the engagements involve professional services. Um, a lot yeah. of professional services. Perhaps two thirds of the whole project the cost might professional services, say for a VMware station with storage solutions project. So a lot of opportunity for channel. I agree. And NetApp just announced a, a program to allow or encourage the partners to um, be more involved with NetApp professional services, which is really important, and we're glad they did it. And truthfully, it's, it was they're a little bit late, but it, it's great that they've done it. Okay. So, um, Nick, can you also talk a little? You mentioned the storage 5000, which is this. If, if I understand it, it's a it's a, a proprietary list that NetApp has combined of the 5000 largest storage consumers. Oh, really? Um, uh, Warmanhoven talked about the size of the market. Um, I think he threw out the number of 84 billion. And he showed some IDC data to support that. Actually, it was IDC, Gartner, and, and Forrester data, I think, and then showed some some data on their market share relative to other folks. Um, what's the relationship between the storage 5000 and that data? Is that the sort of measurement vehicle, or can you talk about that a little bit? They, you know, they really, really, really didn't go into a lot of detail about how they came up with that storage 5000 um, and, and whether the total available market of, uh, what was it, 84 billion, rise to those or whether 
To answer your question, I don't know. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I, there, was a, there was definitely some references to Neutron Jack Welch at the meeting with regard to being number one and number two. And I know there was one stat that was put up there in the, in the network storage component where uh, I think if you looked at it in terms of manufactured versus branded, that NetApp and Hitachi were sort of neck and neck but, but still considerably behind EMC, like, I don't know, 15 or 20 points. Well, they showed a lot of charts where NetApp was growing and competitors were flat. Right. Market share as branded was 11% and as manufactured was 12.4%. Increasing, whereas it was down flat, IBM was down, just was relatively flat, so on and so forth. And where, and where was EMC in that? Is, uh, Unbranded? Yeah, uh, actually, branded or manufactured is kind of the more interesting. Manufactured is 33.7. Almost 34% for EMC. So the next closest is, what would you say, 14? Um, on manufactured, uh, HDS yeah. 12.8 or 13. 13, yeah, okay. NetApp 12.4 and growing. I think the okay. important point here is, is NetApp is growing, HDS is flat, HP is down. IBM is down at factory. You know, in the channel panel, this is Christina Richmond. I'm Janet Waxman's colleague over at IDC, and, and we're seeing in the channel panel that this quarterly thing that we do every every quarter. We ask, you know, where the where the channel's business is going, up or down, flat. Um, how are the margins, et cetera, et cetera? And we're seeing that NetApp has taken a little bit of a hit uh, in terms of channel mind share. It's not market share; it's mind share. So. What I mean by that is quarter over quarter for about a year, year and a half, there was this love fest. There was this very strong increase in channel mindshare and no decrease. And then just the last couple of quarters, we've been seeing that channel mindshare kind of decrease in terms of their, their traction and other vendors starting to come more into the mix. So what it's been telling us is that they may not be seeing their their market share slip quite as rapidly, but in terms of point in time data, we were seeing their channel actually starting to look elsewhere. And some of that, Janet, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I remember that it, some of that was actually going towards EMC. It could be. It's hard to tell exactly where the the shift is going, but we do know that there was there was it was the first time we've seen any of the NetApp partners say that their business with NetApp was decreasing. We saw it first in the channel panel was a calendar quarter um, survey. We saw it first in the third quarter and thought, well, that could just be an anomaly. When we saw it again in the fourth quarter, we definitely saw a trend. Um, I so, can go look and see if we can. We can't necessarily draw the conclusion that it absolutely went to this other vendor, but there is some movement going on with the NetApp partners are not all just so it sounds like, they, Christina and Janet, you're describing this as going from insanely loyal to maybe some cracks in the armor and yep. maybe some affinity toward EMC, maybe not. It's sort of inconclusive at this point, but something right. that bears right. watching. Yeah. yeah, the thing is is that the, the, the storage market is very different than some other markets like more established markets like the server market. In the server market, there's four major players that have 80% of the market share, so there's little room for other people to come in and start to... I mean, they can. They can come in and start to grab some share. But the storage market is a lot more diverse, so there's a lot more 
You have to, you have to, every vendor in this market has to have a complete 360 degree view of what's going on around them and to them because there's all sorts of things going on and technologies are creeping up. Um, so when you start to see things like that, probably want to call some attention to it. Okay, good, thank you. So um, Nick, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, NetApp's sort of fundamental strategy, their go-to-market strategy, the, the whole premise behind their value proposition, um, and, and what you see there, and maybe your takeaways from the meeting. Well, the meeting itself, there was intense focus on x86 virtualization and how NetApp had superior solutions in the marketplace, um, almost to the detriment of let's say, server consolidation. I saw the same chart in practically every presentation. It said real clear that, that they are going to have an intense focus over the next year on VMware or, or, or x86 server consolidation virtualization virtualization projects. Um, and you know they're trying to catch a wave. Um, it's the second wave of a wave because it's been going on for a while, but their technology story behind it is fairly compelling. Almost seems like they've bet this year on that particular effort. I frankly kind of agree with it. I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a great strategy. Whether they'll be able to execute, whether the, whether it'll come off. Sorry, Nick, you, you cut out there just the last statement. I don't know what's going on here. Something about uh, you don't know if they'll be able to pull it off, or I couldn't quite hear you. Oh, it's just you know they will ha they have an extreme focus on server virtualization and supporting server the storage solutions for server virtualization. And like that's going to be the only thing they want to talk about to the detriment of, let's say, file server consolidation, virtual type of tape library projects, products. Um, I, I don't know whether it will pay off. I think, you know, my gut tells me pay off whether it will pay off as much. Okay. Um, and yeah, and Mendoza threw out a number of, uh, I, I didn't quite get this exactly, maybe others who were there could clarify this, that they claim to have added storage support for more than 5,000 VMware installations this year alone. Is that consistent with what you heard? I don't remember the number. Oh, okay. I'd heard that a couple times. Anybody else hear that or have a different number? Or is it? I had heard 5,000 this year alone, as opposed to to date, but that's a big number. Probably 5,000 server images. Yeah, okay. Um, the, other th the other interesting thing, I I'd like, I'd like you to comment on this, as to whether or not it's unique or if you think it's compelling, is the, the basically simple message uh, that storage is growing at 50% a year, but budgets are flat to down, so the, the NetApp strategy is to help customers store less. Store, well, store, store less and store it at less cost. Right. 
as, use less storage and, and, and be more efficient and save money. And they claim to be the largest SATA capacity basis, largest market share in SATA. Be shipping more SATA drives than in capacity basis than, than anybody else. I don't know if that's true. It sounds plausible. Uh, but the reason they're able to do that is because of, because of some of their technologies. Visioning technology, their data deification technology, their cloning technology for VMware, um, operating system images, et cetera. And certainly, as I've talked to NetApp customers, a lot of them are, in fact, putting a lot of SATA drives and pretty happy with the results. Okay, and, and also we heard a big push on, uh, on 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 Ethernet connectivity. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, you know, NetApp became a different company when it finally started serving block storage, serving it both on fiber channels, pounding years, and finally they decided to do it. And when they did it, their revenues took off. Their Brand recognition, I thought, in increased, um, and they became like a, a new company. Now their claim <clears throat> is that um, IP storage will be the storage of the future as fiber channel evolves into fiber channel over Ethernet, like that. Their claim right now on market share for IP-based storage that would be iSCSI and NAS is, I think, 35%. Let me just look it up real quick here. Um, yeah, 35.1 percent capacity share as branded versus EMC 29.5, ABM and Dell all under 5 percent, and that is uh, mighty C numbers. So you're suggesting the singular focus on on Ethernet is maybe. Not warranted. To, to just let it, let the market decide, and they they can handle it all. So, so be it. Well, they got Fiber Channel. They they've got iSCSI, and they got NAS. Uh, their particular claim is is that they're the market share leader in IP based, not the market share leader in Fiber Channel, which doesn't surprise me because this is don't forget this is still a mid range box. They don't have main mainframe connectivity. They don't have FICON. Um, still basically two node. Clusters for the for the most part, and ranked by uh, other analyst firms, they get they get put in the mid-range disk array uh, category, not in the high end. So it doesn't okay. surprise me they don't big claim fiber channel. Lots of customers I've I, I've talked to. One of the reasons they buy them is they got to have all of this choice. Do fiber channel, they can do iSCSI, they they can do NAS. So, in the time we have remaining, if, go ahead, sorry. So, if, if if I can make a comment there, yeah, I, there, there seems to be one part of their claim is that they lead in this space, but clearly uh, one of their reasons for growth is that that they have uh, the ability to to do connect anything to to anything, and it, it one of the areas that they're finding it hard to get away from in their marketing and, and how they talk about it is that you know, NFS is still good and, and, uh, and Ethernet is the best, et cetera. And I think probably that's 
something they still have to will have to work hard on um, to in order to really uh, uh, make sure that their that they are providing the right solutions for their customers. If they don't do that, then customers are going to be concerned that they have a, a, another agenda other than what's best for them. And it was notable that the customers that presented uh, presented very clearly that they, for example, were using um, fiber channel for, for their production work. Um, so I, I, I think that uh, NetApp still have a way to go on that. Yeah, so there were two customer presentations at the analyst event, which is uh, the first I've seen in a while, uh, actually ever. I, I, I was out of the analyst event business for a while, but um, for the last you know several months, we've had these industry analyst events, and, and while some customers were on video, you typically don't have customers show up. There were two customers, Weatherford and BT, correct? Correct. And, and I thought both did excellent jobs of, of, of presenting the the story and the value proposition, and it looked fairly genuine. In other words, not not highly edited by NetApp. They seem to have pretty much free wheel. Would you guys agree with that? Any other comments there? Well, certainly the British Telecom one had an ROI of eight months. Not meaning that he was making money, but that he broke even on his cost. And you know, that's a pretty quick return for a huge virtualization, server virtualization project. Yeah, and he got rid of a lot of stuff. <laughs> they got rid of data centers. They got rid of space. They got rid of, rid of heating and cooling. Used the blade servers and NetApp storage. I thought that was an excellent uh, case study. Um, and, and, and we're going to be writing some of that up, I believe. I think we've got some permission to do that, right, David? Yes, we have, yeah. So in the time remaining, I, I wanted there's three th things that I wanted to address if we could. One is the NetApp's vision for the, what storage is going to look like in the future. And then I wanted to ask, Nick, you to address two things. Will this strategy work, you know, the branding and the, the sort of all the wood behind one arrow strategy to gain share? And then what was missing? Um, but before we do that, I wanted to just see if anybody else had any other you know, pressing issues or wanted to contribute anything. So let me just open it up uh, at this moment to, to, the, to the call. Uh, Dave, this is uh, Christina Richmond again. You know, I went back and looked through some of the newest data that we have in the channel panel, and I just wanted to make a couple of additional comments, if I may. Sure, go ahead. Um, one of the things is that when we see a decrease in channel mind share, we then ask, you know, why are you decreasing your, your interest in this vendor for this quarter? It's very, very quarter specific. And one of the answers was that customer demand was um, decreasing their, their direction. Um, and it was very significant. So you know, of the people saying they were, they were decreasing their business with NetApp, there was a strong percentage saying that customer demand had decreased. But at the same time, there was also a strong increase in customer demand. So what that tells me is that the, the customer is maybe not as it's, – it's interesting to me to, to me to hear about the BT testimonial, and I think that's great that they're using some good customer testimonials, but there are obviously some customers who are waffling or kind of beginning to look outside of their NetApp relationship or what you were saying earlier, Nick, about their penetration in the customer account you know, could also be showing here. So that was one reason that we were seeing some vacillation in the, in the channel community. The, the other one was a pure migration to another brand. So they, a reason that they might be declining in their 
uh, loyalty to NetApp is that they're actually just going to another brand. Now the N that we have in that is very small out of all of the respondents. It's just a few partners. But of those few partners, half of them are going to EMC. So kind of to my point earlier about, you know, we were seeing some shift from NetApp to EMC. And just the final point was when we were talking about the increase or decrease in channel mindshare overall, quarter over quarter, um, I was saying that NetApp was starting to look like everybody else. And indeed, that's true. Actually, HP comes out a little stronger this quarter in ch channel mindshare. EMC uh, and HDS also look um, you know, fairly strong, although it's, it's marginal differences now between NetApp and those other three, whereas NetApp used to be so far ahead of the pack. Now they're all kind of looking very much the same, but in this particular quarter, um, HP actually came out ahead. So just those couple of comments I thought I'd add on. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's some interesting dynamics going on there. And when you juxtapose that against the chart that Nick put up with the pie chart of the storage 5,000, where you essentially have dark blue, which is, it uh, looks like about 10% maybe of the NetApp base, and then the light blue, the dark blue is loyal customers, and then the light blue, which is, you know, they maybe have a NAS filer, but they don't do a lot of business with them, and then the unwashed gray, um, NetApp obviously has to be very careful about protecting its, its, uh, its backside with regard to not alienating the customers that it's, you know, done such a great job of, of gaining while it's going after this, this, uh, this, this mind share and, and market share gain. Absolutely, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more competition. There's a lot, you know, little ankle biter companies that are coming in and 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 giving them a bit of a run for their money. And I, I wonder, you know, uh, how long the margin can prevail for the channel. I mean, that's kind of my big question. Is it's a terrific margin, and that's how they've held the channel, and they've been very high on the hog. But when you start having a lot more competition, and you're looking at your supply chain uh, having to take a hit, then where does the margin come from? So. That's what I look at, and I, I'm curious about. So one question and one comment. Um, your surveys are calendar quarter? Calendar quarter, exactly. Would they happen to overlap with NetApp's first fiscal quarter? When is NetApp's first fiscal quarter? I can't remember off the top of my head. Neither can I. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go look it up, Nick. Um, the only reason I say that is their first fiscal, qu fiscal quarter is usually their weakest quarter. Right, right. But, you know, we've been seeing this trending for the last, Three quarters now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they got more work to do. And then my second comment is, um, for large customers, NetApp does not yet have last tier storage. Sorry, Nick, you cut out again. For, for a large what? Supplier large en enterprises, not? NetApp still does not have enterprise class tier one storage. Oh. Right. Say that again. Sorry, somebody commenting. If so, I, we can't hear you. All right. That sounds like a good comment. Yeah, I thought so too. Maybe. And even when they do something. <laughs> yeah, that was me. This is Bill Roach. I'm sitting in Janet Waxman's office. Uh, even when they do get multi-node storage, it's questionable whether that would be able to go up against uh, the enterprise vendors. Right. The DMXs and the USPs. Uh, Bill, you with, are you with IDC? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Okay. I do I do pricing and uh, benchmarking here. Um, okay. So Nick, can we talk a little bit about uh, 
you know, hits his vision, uh, I'll call it. That's what I posted up on the, the, uh, the forum, maximizing your, uh, the value of your NetApp Relationships bulletin board. And in there, you can see a chart that uh, Dave Hitz presented, and I'll just sort of briefly describe it. Basically, he's got an application view of the world where infrastructure is optimized by application, really by application heads, if you will, where the server, network, and storage infrastructure is really tuned for the performance needs and res business resilience needs of the application. And, and Hitz put forth a vision if I understand it correctly, where you, you want to optimize horizontally for cost and operational efficiency. And, and Nick, I wonder if you could talk about that, confirm that I got it right, and then talk about the implications for customers. Yeah, the it, it all comes down to storage as a service. What are the pieces and parts and infrastructure that you need to provide for storage as a one of the key ones there is, is providing a horizontal base that can be adapted to one of the customers, but based on, on common technology, one vendor. And, and you know, when we came across uh, vSANs with uh, Cisco and SAN virtualization and like that, um, those are some of the enabling technologies to uh, move towards that model. We're a long way from that model, but I think the vision is correct. I mean, the thing about storage is is um, it's homogeneous. Every server needs the same thing: read, write, and tell me about yourself. And, and, and so, it, by its nature, it sort of lends itself to to a, to a horizontal. Here I am. I store things. Tell me what you want. Uh, make it into a service, you need to do a lot of things. One of those is to be able to provide quality of service. That vein, NetApp has this flex cash capability where they're going to be play with quality of service by way of its cash. They also are going to add um, NAND drive, not, not NAND drive, but NAND technology. Quite clear that that didn't sound like they were going to going to put drives in there, but they were going to end in clever ways in order to achieve the quality. And then, lastly, they already have some products that fundamentally allow certain um, operations by role. Dave's vision is is that the database administrator, when he needs a new LUN or something like that, is going to be able to do it himself. Uh, filtering down through software policies that have been tweaked by the storage themselves. Same thing for other application management. Have a few products there, and they're going to have more. And that's part of the enabling technologies. Big thing they don't have the have is, is the ability to charge back and charge back services and things like tools that really allow the application manager or the database administrator to see just his storage and what his charges are and what his performance are and are getting his service level agreements and and so on and so forth. But that's, an, that's a lot of work and that's an evolution, but it's certainly part of NetApp's vision and I, I, I think it's right on. 
Okay, uh, Nick, uh, sorry, you continue to cut out intermittently. When you make your point forcefully and loudly, it seems to come through, and when you, when you don't, it sort of trails. So I don't know what's happening. It, 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 I, I presume you guys can hear me okay, but uh, uh, maybe it's your phone service or well, something. Let, but me try try the he- let me try the headset or the handset instead of the headset. Right. Great. So, nope. okay. Still there? Okay, so I, essentially, I think what I heard was that uh, the vision of, of NetApp is to actually uh, c- create a, a somewhat different role for the storage admin where he or she becomes a service provider where some of the tas- tasks are being done by others in the organization like the, 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 the database admin or the application head provisioning their own storage. Um, Okay. And then, so my next, Nick, are you there still? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's better. Much better. Okay. So. Batteries. Okay. So my next question to you is, you know, will the strategy work? I mean, it it seems like they're they're going after this. I I described it as an all the wood behind one arrow, very sun-like, you know, circa mid-1990s strategy where you've got storage virtualization and thin provisioning, data dedupe, remote replication, et cetera, et cetera, sort of all in this single package. Um, is, it, is it best of breed or is it breadth? Is it going to work? Uh, are they going to be able to, to gain share in the traditional enterprise? Um, what do you think? I think the thousand new, thousand new on the street are probably the most important thing for them gaining the brand uh, awareness and, and, and you know getting leads. And I'm sorry, Nick. Um, it's, it's, uh, hate to be a pain here, but you, can you move a little closer to the to the speaker? I'm as close to the speaker as I can get. Um, Before you sounded great, but now you sound like you're in a tunnel. But okay, just please yell. I'm going back to the headset. I think the batteries are just low. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Um, a thousand feet on the street, I think, are the most important. Penetrating that 3,600, they haven't been penetrated, and getting more revenue from from existing accounts. Um, remains to be seen whether that force can, you know, will 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 be effective. I think they certainly have a lot of the technologies. And, and future technologies, but they can compete effectively. But again, not in this not in this tier one enterprise class. Um, so, to that vein, what they have to do is complete the integration of the Spinnaker technology, get the multi clusters out, and get the overall power and capability of the systems up. For example, they did finally reach a point where where they can do software upgrades without rebooting, but they can't do hardware upgrades without rebooting. Um, and, and the size of the clusters and the total IOs that they can support, they can't compete high end. And right now, I don't think they're trying to. Like, what did they call it? The SM small medium enterprise was it? SME. SME small medium enterprise. Yeah, but didn't Dan have a different name for it? Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe. there definitely was not talk, a lot of talk about SMB uh, or consumer markets. Well, their interviews they use SME on that. You know, and, and at this event, you know, they, they painted a, a picture uh, of storage efficiency from server consolidation to storage 
consolidation using virtualization and then all their storage optimization techniques, you know, thin provisioning and uh, compression, dedupe, and, and they painted a story to really shrink the data center's uh, footprint with gear and the customer testimony supported that. And that's a pretty good strategy. Other companies can have it. They don't have anything just unique to them necessarily that others can't have, but I thought that their their movement was right. We need to get this message out since we've got all the tools in the toolkit. We need to get it out to as many people as we can. And the Storage 5000 represents the 5,000 largest storage companies. Again, I agree. I don't know where that list could come from because that's a hard number to get. But nonetheless, the top 5,000 companies are your largest enterprises. And to get into that, you need an enterprise strategy. And as Nick said, this is really uh, an SMB strategy here uh, with a lot of different pieces in it. So I don't know how they get into the the top 500 of those storage 5,000 companies, but they do need feet on the street to get a compelling tool bag out. And I, I think their effort this year to build the, the channel and uh, distribution is right on target, given that they've got all these pieces in place now. On the other hand, um, they might successfully get the x86 server virtualization business, but they're not necessarily going to get the um, heavy transaction, huge uh, Sun Solaris database NFS. Right, they're going to be below that enterprise line, you know, for sure. I don't, I don't think the top 1,000 of the Fort Storage 5,000 are that deeply accessible given the scalability concerns. But below that, they ought to do very well because they've got a rich feature set and they can play a big story up uh, that, that makes a lot of progress here on data center optimization. But, of course, they will attract competition. If they're successful with this program, and I think it will be at least initially, they'll attract competition and competing programs. So yeah, when you've they, only they, got they got to do this and they got to do it quick. You've you got a lot of room to go laterally before you have to uh, you know, move up into another tier of customers. No, I just meant within that tier, they're going to generate com more competition. So, I think and heighten awareness too. They can be very efficiencies are a big deal now, and, and they have a message that they could tie together maybe a little tighter, and make a tremendous play on on optimizing the data center and your storage. So, is it, is it a fair statement to say that? Too. Well, let, let me ask the question: uh, Is if you take their capabilities, their their offerings, the list I mentioned before? virtualization, thin provisioning, dedupe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are those uh, 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 feature sets, technologies, you know, capabilities best of breed in and of themselves, or is it the package that makes NetApp most compelling? You know, Dave, I don't know that it matters that much. I, I think the game here is on marketing and distribution. Everybody's got dedupe with a slight variation, and people don't necessarily want to dig that deep in this market. I, I really think it's how well they can – market and sell the, the feature set that is rich to the, the place, but to nitpick, you know, you know, four bytes or eight bytes as the dedupe granularity is probably not worth the time. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask is that there's, there's been discussion about this in the software business for years about do you go best of breed or do you go broad suite, and clearly broad suite is one in the software business, not to say companies can't make nice money and do wonderful exits by having best of breed, but it's that broad portfolio that enterprise customers seem to, to want because it gives them one throat to choke. Is that a fair analogy here? 
I, I think we're, we're mixing up uh, two different, very different marketplaces. Where NetApp is competing very effectively is in tier two storage. And, and the, the, they're well positioned because there are a lot of customers who want to reduce the amount of storage that they have on tier one significantly. And what NetApp brings to the table in tier two, in my view, is the richest set of functionality. Uh, in the marketplace. It's far more function than, for example, Clarion or uh, the uh, IBM products in that same area or, or, uh, or, or anybody else. So it, it, it has a very rich set which uh, competes in, in, in a lot of the functionality with tier one, not in things like remote replication or some of the high-end features or not in the power, but, but is very effective in competing against other tier uh, to products. Uh, it's, its disadvantage is that it uses a different terminology a lot of the time. It doesn't, uh, doesn't talk the language uh, that a lot of uh, enterprises talk uh, or a lot of customers talk, and its disadvantage is it's not known for uh, a lot of those functionality. But it, it can com if they can get the feet on the street, they can compete very well in that area. I think the, the, the company that it's most interesting to compare it against is 3PAR. 3PAR have a sort of not quite tier one, but sort of tier two plus in terms of uh, power um, and very similar set of functionality and ease of use, uh, better ease of use and uh, a very similar architecture. So it's going to be, and obviously NetApp have the advantage of a much higher market share in, in going to that market. But those two companies uh, have an, in, an interesting single uh, architecture, put everything on, under all the arrow behind that architecture, and uh, I think are both going to do very, very well in this uh, Tier 2 or Tier 2 Plus. Uh, so, so if I had to summarize what you just said, I'd say co collectively NetApp has the most comprehensive, and I think I heard unmatched, suite of capability, certainly within a single product architecture, uh, yep. but tier one capability uh, is not present and customers who want that are going to have to look elsewhere. Is that correct? Or summary correct. Yeah. So let me open that up there. Is, does anybody disagree with that? Is that a, is that a fair summary of, of NetApp's uh, capabilities or do folks in the community feel like that's an overstatement or an understatement anywhere? Well, I would just add that, that it's tier one for the really big customer, or tier one you know, being high availability, but not necessarily that much scalability there. Okay, so, so tier one A. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, I think also they, they, there's some functionality that tier one customers would expect that aren't there as well. Um, so, so in that regard, so Nick, you talked about the scalability going beyond two-node clusters. Is that on tap eight? Um, their roadmap's pretty muddled on that and kind of not executed as well as they could have. Out. I don't think we're going to really. They, they talk about a lot of that in. Tap eight. I don't think we really see it until on tap eight five or on tap eight nine or on tap nine. Okay, so it's on tap eight or later. Yeah. The history uh, of that type of fun functionality hasn't hasn't been good from any vendor. 
Any other uh, don't haves? So we talked about, you know, obviously they gotta they gotta execute on this adding a thousand feet in the street. That that'll be fun. Um, yeah, the, scalability. The, the one thing that that they didn't talk about was cloud storage. Right. Um, even though, and when we ask them, it turns out that they are suppliers to some of these cloud players, Web 2.0 players, social networking <laughs> players. They're suppliers of that, but they didn't have any cloud story, didn't have any cloud roadmap. Uh, it was just completely missed. Yeah, isn't, our, isn't NetApp Facebook or Facebook NetApp? So, One of parts of Facebook, yes. Yeah, the, the, the transactional parts of Facebook. I mean, I mean, uh, three part talks a lot about, I believe, what MySpace and others playing that up as their sort of MSP cloud computing example. Um, I was surprised we didn't hear more there, but but maybe they're just trying not to not not to hype the thing. Anything else that you saw was that's about it. Okay. All right, so we got a wrap here. Anything else that somebody would like to add? Questions that you have? If not, let's see. Um, let me see. Before I summarize, I just want to let everybody know that Wikibon will be speaking at uh, SNW in Orlando next month. Uh, I'm going to be presenting with a Wikibon colleague, Joe Sarchi, who is the VP and CTO at J.P. Morgan Chase. And we're speaking on day one, which is uh, Monday, April 7th, in the first session of the Next Generation Data Center track. And our, our discussion is called Power Shift to Next Generation Storage Infrastructure. So it should be good. Joe is very entertaining, and, uh, as, and as, as of course, am I. Um, so please join us. Uh, OK. So Nick, I think you've already named this piece, haven't you? Yep. So uh, I, got, I got from you. Network appliance is dead. Long live NetApp. Are you okay with that? Well, I said NetApp is dead. Long live NetApp. But whatever. Oh you want well. To call it. Well, network appliances was their name, right? So. Yeah, I know, but I was just trying to stick with the way the British do it. Ah. Okay. Good for you. Well, good for you. Right. So, is that, is that the title? NetApp is dead. Long live NetApp. My choice. Okay. Well, you did all the work, so you, you get to name it. Okay. Uh, okay. So I wanted to thank you very much, Nick, for leading the call. Uh, and also, uh, uh, from IDC, Janet Waxman, uh, Christina Richmond, and uh, Bill Roche, thank you very much. The, the information on the channel panel uh, was, was very useful, and I would encourage folks to learn more about that. It's a relatively new capability that uh, sounds like it's pretty valuable. Uh, and also David Floyer and Fred Moore, thank you for your contributions. You guys were both there and I know took good notes and so thanks. Thank okay, you. so this is Dave Vellante and today is March 18th, 2008 and this is the Wikibon Peer Insight Storage Research Meeting. Uh, the title of the piece is NetApp is Dead, Long Live NetApp. And here is the summary. Early last week, uh, NetApp unveiled a new look, a new name, and a new emphasis on gaining share in 
what it sees as a total available storage market of $84 billion. But NetApp believes it serves half of that market, and in a page out of Jack Welch's legacy, as a stated goal of becoming number one or number two in that space. Uh, with a projected $4 billion in fiscal year 09 revenue, the company appears well on its way. Uh, furthermore, in the largest segment of the market, the network storage hardware piece, NetApp's CEO Dan Warmanhaven shared some IDC data that showed that on a manufactured basis, NetApp is poised to surpass Hitachi, the number two position, uh, but still remains approximately 20 points behind EMC's nearly 34% share. NetApp's operational plan to achieve and measure this goal is to increase brand awareness and feet on the street to penetrate what it, what it calls the Storage 5000, a list that NetApp has compiled of the world's biggest 5,000 storage consumers. Uh, despite its 14-year history and good reputation and excellent products, NetApp does no business with a majority of the Storage 5000. NetApp's immediate opportunity is to further penetrate the 17% or roughly 17% of this base that only does modest amounts of business with the company. So what is NetApp's fundamental go-to-market strategy? So the premise of NetApp's value proposition is dead simple and extremely powerful. Storage is growing at 50% per year and budgets are flat or even down. So the strategy that NetApp is pursuing is to help customers store less for less money. The company's premise is that efficiency wins and it's placing its best bets squarely on the following investments. One, storage for server virtualization. Uh, NetApp claims to have added storage support for what the Wikibon community believes is more than 5,000 VMware server instances this year alone and is aggressively pursuing a VMware land grab strategy. Two, a breadth of offering to include storage virtualization, thin provisioning, file consolidation, data deduplication, disk-based recovery, remote replication, cloning, ATA support, and multiple connectivity choices, all in a single unified platform. Three, 1,000 new feet on the street and support to enable the channel by transferring intellectual property, including services capabilities, to broaden support and strengthen awareness and better service customers. What is NetApp's vision for what storage will look like in the future? Fundamentally, NetApp is committed to reducing the amount of storage users require. As a stated strategy, this is actually unique in the storage business and supports a vision that is compelling for users. Today's applications are largely supported by vertically stovepipe infrastructures, which are optimized at the behest of application heads. So while this will continue 
for mo the most demanding applications, uh, customers, increasingly, customers are looking to put more efficient horizontal platforms in place that can flexibly support a wider variety of applications. What is authentic about this vision is that instead of laying out a scenario where all applications standardize on NetApp infrastructure, NetApp's view acknowledges that there will be zones of infrastructure established to do the job most effectively. Um, in essence, this underscores the fact that there's an opportunity to clean up big chunks of inefficiency in the data center, but certain applications are going to continue to require best-of-breed optimization for performance, recovery, security, and business resilience, which are, are going to be tuned vertically within the infrastructure stack. The implications of this approach for storage architects and admins is a more services-oriented view where storage provides a reusable set of services across a variety of applications that is optimized for efficiency by reducing the number of suppliers, standardizing on service offerings, and, um, and dramatically simplifying storage procurement and installation uh, provisioning migration and retirement, uh, although limiting the choice of application heads. Will NetApp strategy work? In pursuing this strategy, NetApp has created a strong portfolio of excellent capabilities. Uh, it collectively offers a suite that is unmatched in a single product architecture. Uh, combined with the company's emphasis on simplicity, this is a powerful mix that, if marketed aggressively, will help NetApp achieve its goals of more forcefully penetrating the Storage 5000. On balance, the Wikibon community is impressed with NetApp's approach but believes to be effective its branding campaign, which adds two points to OPEX, must be consistently pursued over a multi-year period. To the extent that NetApp's investments do not allow it to grow back to its business model by the second half of fiscal year 09, meaning OPEX as a percentage of revenue settles back at 45%, this plan will face risks. In addition, the NetApp analyst event highlighted several don't-haves that NetApp must address in the near or intermediate term. First and most obvious is the fulfillment of uh, the goal of, of increasing sales headcount by roughly 1,000 uh, for a total of 3,000 feet in the street. And notably, this is uh, quota-carrying salespeople as well as SE capabilities. Uh, scalability also remains a concern for NetApp customers as ONTAP 8 or beyond is eagerly awaited to support more than a two-node cluster, and uh, very few details were provided as to when this capability will be available and, and what form it will take. This will also have implications for the company's remote replication strategy, which, while competitive with offerings from modular array companies, uh, continues to be perceived as less robust than offerings from Tier 1 suppliers like EMC, IBM, and Hitachi. And then finally, NetApp uh, paid little attention or no mention uh, to storage for so-called cloud computing in its meeting. 
Despite these deficiencies, Wikibon feels that NetApp's value proposition is very attractive for users and compelling. Action item. Users that are large NetApp customers have enjoyed the benefits of simplicity and cost effectiveness for quite some time. And non-NetApp users should consider NetApp solutions, but be aware that while the company has a comprehensive suite of storage offerings, the highest tier one capabilities must be found elsewhere from other suppliers. Users that have modest experience with NetApp are in an excellent position to leverage a soon-to-be-released bevy of free SE services that NetApp will deploy in the near to intermediate term to move these customers from light to heavy NetApp users. Okay, well, thanks again, everybody. Appreciate your time, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye for now. Thanks.